Triple M's. Oh! That's gone sideways! My word! That has gone sideways! Oh. <laughs> Cricket Fan Podcast. Bloody <laughs> That's right, it's the Triple M Cricket Fan Podcast. We're back for another week. It's one day out from the test. It's uh, Merry Testmas Eve, uh, everyone. Mm, the Triple M Fan Podcast this week will be chatting all the test stuff. Um, we're just overwhelmed with love for it. It's the um, it's the day, the, the anniversary of Ryan Harris's uh, famous delivery against Alistair Cook, and we just we just couldn't be more up and up and about about the cricket. My name's Rudy Etzel, your host. I'm joined by Tommy Beers. G'day, gents. Good to be back. Um, plenty to go through today, and. Like you said, Rudy, bring on the test matches. We've been waiting and waiting, and now it's finally time. That's right. And, of course, uh, George Porter, how you doing, mate? Good, boys. I, I, I love cricket, and we all love cricket so much, but when it's the test match tomorrow, it's just it's better than Christmas for me. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Is it bittersweet for you, Ports, not being able to go to the Adelaide test this year? Uh, yeah, I, was, I actually got asked the other day. It's probably the first one I haven't gone to. In over 10 years, I think. I can't think of the last time I didn't go. Um, so my phone will be off. I don't want to hear from any of my mates who are all going, but it's going to be a bit different. If there's if there's a test match to miss, it's probably the one during COVID. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see how they go. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be watching on the telly. It's a friendly time over here in Perth as well. So Yeah, what's um, the start? Seven it. in the morning? Uh, <laughs> that would be the start time if it was a day, a day game. Yeah. I think it'll be... It'll be kicking off probably around 10.30, so... Yeah, makes sense. A regular time zone. <laughs> yeah, 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 like a normal... Uh, a normal sorry, a regular, a regular start time, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we're, we're debuting a new segment this week, boys. Um, we've decided in honour of the new rules in the Big Bash, uh, at the start of every week, we're going to be going through our Power Surge X Factor Player of the Week. Uh, it's just, <laughs> just based on who's, who's caught our eye in the Big Bash over the last <laughs> week. I'm going to be selfish this week and, and take the bloke I'm pretty sure we all wanted to to get our hands on in Peter Siddle, who's taken five for 16 last night for the Strikers, um, thoroughly rolled the Hobart Hurricanes. And just uh, age is just a number for for Pete Siddle, isn't it? He's uh, dyed his hair blonde. He's wearing those giant, uh, like, what are they, cycling glasses. And yeah. he's, a, he's a changed man. He's 21 again. He looked, he's gone to like full cult figure now again. Like he was, well, I don't know why he's had to do this because he was a well-respected cricketer in his own right. Now he's just <laughs> torching himself by doing all this stuff. But you got to love the way he goes about it. He just doesn't take himself too seriously. And geez, he dominated last night. Good first nomination, that one. Yes, I thought so. Uh, Busy, can you give us your nom? for Actually, no, I want to hear from George first. I reckon we've said this a million times before and we would have said it all last year about Daniel Sands coming in and they, the Thunder would always use him to throw him up the order and the commentators would say, oh, he can hit a big bomb and he'd make a duck or he'd get out for two, completely cook the Thunder's chase. Anyway, finally, the other night, he did his job. I don't know, what was it, 60 off about 65 of 25. Yeah, there you incredible go. Incredible I mean, we did state in our predictions that the heat would be no good, but how the heat managed to lose that. But anyway, Daniel Sands hit some absolute bombs. He's finally done it. Um, now he can go back to making ducks for a few more weeks while we remember <laughs> that he did do something good. Um, you know, I've got a soft spot for the Thunder, so it was good to see them get there. I think it was their first win. So um, Daniel Sands, for me, 
lovely, lovely nomination, the kind of performance that will keep him in the Australian 2020 side for years to come. Mm. All right, Busy, lay it on us. Who have you got? Well, I'm, I'm going to approach this a little bit differently. Like you said, uh, it's the X factor surge player or whatever we want to call it. But in, uh, in honour of the first ever X-Factor player subbed into a Big Bash game, I'm going to nominate Matt Short. And I did flag this uh, before the tournament that I cannot see in any way how the 13th best, 12th or 13th best player in a domestic T20 comp coming into a game and ripping it to shreds and having a meaningful impact. Well, he's done exactly that. He's bowled one over, none for eight, and made a golden duck with one run to win from two overs and absolutely bottled it. What the hell are we going to do with this rule? Like, how can you possibly expect a guy to come into a game and do anything meaningful? Matt Short, you're my man this week. <laughs> it's funny because it looks like the, the teams, because it took eight games, or there's probably been more than eight games, but it took the best part of almost a week for a player to actually be subbed in. Teams don't know how to use it just yet. It'll be good to, or hopefully they can work out the best way to use it, because it could be kind of a good rule. But how would you be being uh, Briggs, the bowler from the strikers? Yeah. He's just done two yeah. weeks quarantine. He's, he's from the UK, <laughs> isn't he? He's done two weeks quarantine yeah. in a hotel. He bowls it over, gets faked, and then Dizzy Gillespie goes... Yeah, mate, you'll be That'll right. Do, yeah. Yeah. We'll bring in Matt Short. <laughs> <laughs> for a contribution of zero for eight and zero off one. Uh, all right, strong nomination, BZ, for the Power Surge X-Flector Player of the Week. Really like it. Um, but let's talk some test cricket, shall we? We're one day out, uh, about 25 hours at the time of recording. Uh, we still don't know who the openers are going to be. Um, Tim Payne hugely hinted today that Joe Burns is somehow going to keep his spot despite averaging about seven since the restart of uh, cricket in October. Um, and then I, I guess the other one's likely to be Marcus Harris who came into the squad. Um, or maybe Matthew Wade will be bumped up the order. It's difficult to tell. For me, it's yep. still not even that clear. Like the only, why would they, for me, why would they go out and announce that Cameron Green will play if he's, you know, if it's subject to fitness, if he was never going to play? Why would you, put that pressure and that pipe around a player who might play. I feel like he's a lock. I think yeah. um, he if, he's coming, if he's coming in at six, the only way I can see it happening is that if Joe Burns still manages to play, that for me, I think Matthew Wade goes up because there's a player who's actually in a bit more form. Granted, he hasn't played any red ball cricket, but it just means that Cameron Green's taking that number six spot and maybe it's too much of a risk to go in with Maybe two underdone openers. I mean, it's probably been harsh calling Marcus Harris underdone, but it just doesn't. I mean, they've flown him into the squad. It's a really strange situation at the moment. Yeah, it's uh, it's a very very weird one. Yeah, um, Wade probably gets the nod. Yeah, but Wade is. I reckon he. Wade's an interesting one because he's yeah. never actually opened at first class cricket level. He's never done it before, um, but he's it's not he's not um, unfamiliar with opening. It just seems a bit. Uh, it's a huge ask, basically, to, to say to a bloke, we need you to open um, for the first time ever in Red Bull cricket, and we actually need you to do it uh, facing a pink ball with uh, Jasper Boomer and, and Mo Shammy uh, bowling from both from the other ends. It's, uh, it's hard. It's going to be a, it's really, it's a tough one. It's a big ask, but I think the ultimatum they've given him is that 
we're going with Cam Green at six. You've now lost that spot. So you can either try and have a crack at becoming a test opener for a bit, or you can just kind of go back into the wilderness and be a short form kind of player for Australia. So I reckon like as much as it might be stiff on him to lose his spot at number six, he hasn't done a heap wrong since kind of coming back into the team. I think it's the only option that he's now got for his test career now. And he's like, well, all right, well, we're going to give it a crack. And, you know, if, if he's going to just wait in the wings waiting for Travis Head to fall out of favour or, or Green to get injured or something to get back in at number six, then so be it. But I think he's probably, like, he seems like the kind of character who might just put his hand up and, and try and make the best of, of a bad situation for him. Yes. Yeah, well, uh, whatever whatever happens, it seems like Cam Green is going to debut. So um, just, that's at that's least exciting. an exciting one for Australian cricket. Um, it's the rest of the order seems relatively settled, uh, to be honest. The, it's obviously Labuschagne and Smith three and four are, are, are the rocks around which the the batting order is built. Um, there's a fair bit of pressure on Cam Green to get it right, though. And how much can they resist the temptation? How much can Tim Payne resist the temptation to bowl him because? He's only young and blokes with his body size who bowl quick tend to break down if you uh, put a lot of overs into them. Um, would you reckon he'll be doing much bowling or do you think he'll, he's in the team purely to, to bat? He'll bowl a little bit, I think. He'll probably get his... They'll probably only bowl him in four or five over spells, give the quicks a bit of a rest. So he'll bowl with Nathan Lyon. Nathan Lyon at the other end. Um, Green will bowl through the middle of the day. He's, he's more than a capable bowler. It's just, yeah, like you said, the workload. You don't want to run him into the ground. Um, but it, if that gives five, if that means 10 overs a day that, you know, Stark, Hazelwood and Cummins don't have to bowl, um, that's an advantage for us because they'll be fresher and under lights. You know, you don't have the heat factor like you usually would in a day game. So um, he'll be valuable, but I'd say be maximum 10 overs per day if we're in the field for an entire day. Yeah, I reckon even less. One thing to one thing to take into account is that no pink ball test in Australia has really gone more than three and a half days. So there's not even going to be. It's such an advantage for the bowling or the fielding team um, to, you know, you're not in the field for that long. You're always going to be bowled and sold out. Very rarely, you know, you might in a day game in Adelaide or wherever it might be. There's a chance you're going to be fielding for the best part of a day and a half. Not the pink ball test, so he's not going to be required to bowl those longer spells. You would think, especially with Starkey and the record he's got with the pink ball. So it, it could be a nice, easy introduction, and he might only need to bowl ten overs for an entire, you know, an entire, an entire innings. Yep, yeah. very true, very very true. Um, Steve Smith missed training session yesterday with a tight back. Um, are we? Does that worry us at all, or is is it just a bit precautionary? Do you reckon? I saw Tim Payne come out and pretty much um, stamp that one out and said, sometimes he gets a bit of a dodgy back. Um, he just needed a day off because he just likes like in the lead up to test matches, he hits so many balls that he just burns himself out. <laughs> and they're like, okay, we're just going to make you rest today. You've he's done the work, he's put in the prep, but he he pretty much said he will hundred percent play. So I'm not too worried about it. Fair enough. Ports? Steve Smith can do what he wants. Yep, fair play. Fair play. <laughs> um, so so uh, I just wanted to get some predictions for you from you blokes for the uh, for the series uh, ahead. Um, I just want from you most runs for both teams, most wickets for both teams, the series scoreline, and he'll be the man of the man of the series. Um, I'll start with you, Beersy. Uh, who do you reckon will pick up the most runs for Australia and India? 
or for Australia? Well, it seems, it's, yeah, it seems like Steve Smith's the obvious one, but I'm going to go a little bit more left field and just take Marnus off the back of his last summer. He was unbelievable in our conditions, proved himself against the pink ball. It's a different test against this Indian lineup than it was against the Pakistani lineup and, and the New Zealanders, but um, but New Zealand are a pretty good attack in, in their own right. But we've. Um, I'm just going to, you know, to avoid being captain obvious with Steve Smith, I'm going to take the side with uh, Manus Labuschagne. What's your thoughts? Yeah, look, I think you're probably right, Busy. And it's only going to be Manus or Steve Smith who can score the most runs for Australia because Warner's not at the top of the order for the first test, at least. You can't imagine the other opener's going to be sticking around for all that long either if Pekoski comes back. So. And he get down to Travis Head and he might not bat as frequently as the others. So toss up between Smith and Marnus. I'll go with Smith just to be different. India, um, obviously Coley's leaving, so it kind of leaves Pajara at three. Um, and he's had a very, very successful career here for the last two or three times I've doing. So um, unless it depends who they bring in for Coley, I wonder if is a Jinka Rahani gonna be a, a certain starter. Well, he's there. He's their uh, backup captain, so you'd think so. Yeah, he'll yeah, have to play. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's a smoky point, but I'll go with Pajara. Okay. What about you, Busy, for India? Yeah, 100% agree. Pajara in Australia, proven track record. Coley's the one um, who, who would have been the obvious pick if he was playing the whole time, but Pajara just stands out now that Coley's going home. Yeah, yeah I yeah. tend to. I tend to agree with you on that, um, but I'm probably going to go with uh, Labuschagne as my Australia, and I might go with KL Rahul for India just to be a little bit left of uh, centre. What about busy most wickets for the series? Well, for the Aussies, I just I really like the way that Josh Hazelwood's going about it this summer. I know it's only white ball form that we've seen, but Stark's been hot and cold, and as much as he's got a great pink ball record, he might get off to a bit of a flyer, but. The, the way that Hazelwood's just had the ball on a string the entire um, white ball series has just been pretty hard to go past Pat Cummins. You know, you can raffle all the Australian bowlers, but I'm, I'm just going to start with Josh Hazelwood. I think he's um, in for a big summer. Um, and what about uh, for India? Oh, yes, and the Indians. Um, Mo Shami, I reckon he's the one for them. Boomer has been a bit hot and cold. Usually he dominates uh, with white ball especially and then red ball slash pink ball kind of comes after that. He's a bit shaky at the moment and I think Shami's got the um, got the runs on the board per se um, in, in our conditions and um, he has the experience, so he, he's my pick. Fair enough. Uh, Ports, what do you reckon? Your rebuttal? Uh, no rebuttal there. I think the um, I think we're spot on with Hazelwood. Um, busy. And Paddy Cummins is probably just going to do his job and... Um, you know, take his two or three wickets at the other end and just continue his good work. Starkey, you said, will probably come out to a fly with the pink ball, but interesting to see how he goes with the red ball. Um, and I'll, I'll take Hazelwood as well. Um, for the Indians, I'll, I think Boomer, as soon as he gets the ball and he, as soon as he goes out there, I think he'll be quite hard to um, quite hard to face. He, he, he's, I was surprised he didn't play more of the one-dayers. Um, but uh, I think as soon as, as soon as the ball's in his hand, and he did really well last time, um, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll go with him. I don't think we're going to see too much of the spinners. Yeah. The spinners will be too much of a of chop. Right. Yeah, I think, I think Nathan Lyon will take um, quite a few polls. But so, uh, 
for me, I've, I was with exact with you, busy exactly. Josh Hazelwood and Mo Shemi are the two for me that um, are coming into this looking the most threatening. Uh, series scoreline, uh, how do you see it playing out, Tommy? I'm going to take us to really do a number on them after last time they came out here. And uh, we were obviously weakened. We didn't have Smith and Warner at the time and Labashane wasn't in the fold at that point. Um, but I think we're going to be pretty hungry to prove a point uh, out here. And I, I think we'll win th- probably 3-0 um, with Coley going home. I, I'm just banking on a draw somewhere along the line. I'm not sure where it'll be. Um, if I'm tipping probably Melbourne or, or Sydney. One of those will kind of throw up a bit of a flatter deck. But um, I think we will. Um, it'll be fairly comprehensive which which way um, the series is going to go. And I think the Aussies is 3-0 or 4-0, but I'll side with 3-0. George, thoughts? I just... I, I Until the last week and a half, I would have agreed with you, Busy. But the only thing I can see being a problem is just... I think Australia will win, and I'll go with 3-1. I think we might drop a test, and it could well be the Adelaide test, purely because there's just so much inconsistency or lack of continuity at the top of our order. Um, and not saying that Cam Green won't have a good impact. It'll be good to see him out there. But I think it's probably the weakest lineup we might we might put on the park for this series. So we've got two openers, so we don't know who they are. If one of them's Joe Burns is horribly out of form, we've got no David Warner. I think if there's a game that we're going to drop, it could be this one. Um, I'll go 3-1 to the Aussies. I'm with you, George. I think the only game we can possibly drop in this series is this one um, because yeah. it'll be the strongest India are and the weakest Australia will be. Uh, however, I don't think we're going to, and I think we're going to win this series 4-0. Um, I think only Rain can really stop it, to be honest, unfortunately. Um, I'd like a bit more of a of a, a battle, but yeah, well, I guess we'll just have to see how it goes. Um, aside from you all that, I'm looking just, forward to? Yeah, you know what I'm looking forward to? Sorry, what? is, um, and I only really, oh, it only happens in the, you, you see it in a test match where, you know, there's 15, 20 minutes before stumps in a regular test match and there's an early declaration. I'm looking forward to whoever it might be to really be bold and have that early declaration just so you get that prime time for bowling um, in the evening. So, you know, a bit of a some, some risky captaincy is what I'm really looking forward to. Like I remember back in the day, Michael Clark declared when we were behind in the West Indies to go for a win in a test match. I'm looking forward to, um, you know, some attacking captaincy when maybe you don't quite have enough runs on the board, but you had to take that risk. So I don't know, obviously, if it'll be Virat or Tim Payne to take that risk, but... When it happens, it's a really exciting, you know, 10, 15 minutes with that pink ball just as the daylight starts to... Yeah, well, you would, you would have been there, Ports, um, when Faf Duplessis declared on Australia late on day one of the Adelaide test and oh, David, right. Dave Warner had been yeah. off and they'd calculated that they could get back, like they could um, declare and he wouldn't be able to bat and Uzi yeah. Kawaja had to bat, open the batting and he made... Um, the best ton I've ever seen live across two two nights in front of the pink ball. Uh, was it was really cool. weird because I think was I think Renshaw was playing that same game and then someone else, I think Sean Marsh had to open as well. It was a really strange, I don't remember it, yeah. So that, you know, it, you can only really, the, the advantage of declaring at that point is so much greater in a day-night test than with 20 minutes to go in a regular test. So 
that's but those little time periods are the ones that can win you and lose you these day night tests. That's right. That's correct. Uh, and just before we go, I just want to get a prediction for player of the series off you, Blokes, please. Uh, Busy. Well, we kind of flagged how impressive Josh Hazelwood's been. And I, I think if he takes the most wickets for the series, um, it'll be at a fairly economical and, and it, at a pretty good average. So uh, he, he's my pick for player of the series. Yep. Ports? Um, just to be different, I'll go with David Warner. He can do it with three games. Fair enough. Wow. Um, I was going to go with Josh Hazelwood as well, but that's a bit boring now. So I might say Mitch Stark. I reckon he'll have he'll win win us the Adelaide Test with one burst, and then he'll win the one of the other tests with one burst, and that'll be it. Um, so yeah, just just trying to be a bit different to you, Tommy, because every single yeah. every single uh, prediction you've read out has been exactly the same as mine. So <laughs> I've been having brilliant a minds, Rudes. Brilliant minds. <laughs> I've been the series. Nobody, nobody for Joe Burns. I've got Joe Burns. Joe Burns for maybe for fewest runs in the series, maybe. Uh, But that will do us. Um, That will do us, I think, this week for the um, the Triple M Cricket Fan Podcast. We'll be back next week, and um, they've just dropped the Marsh Cup and Sheffield Shield fixtures, which say that um, cricket in Australia this year. um, So the Sheffield Shield's back on the twelfth of Feb to the fifteenth of April. The Marsh Cup oh. is the 16th of Feb to the 30th of April. So we Jeez. might be doing another four We've and a half. We've got a lot of podcasts coming up. <laughs> another four and a half months of this, boys. So get uh, Make get sure you subscribe because we've got heaps of these bad boys coming. We've got loads of them. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's it for that us. Does, I'll tell you what that does mean, though. It means that there's going to be a lot of uh, suburban ovals hosting cricket because... Oh, yeah. Tell you what, the MCG, Adelaide Oval, SCG, is not going to be giving up yeah. uh, a full house of... House of 40. There's going to be some real Karen Rolton and Alan Borderfield operations, <laughs> I think. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Heading down to Glider Roll at Glenelg, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The, um, the, the, the road in St Kilda, the Junction Oval as well. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that just about does us for, for this week, lads. I've been your host, Rudy Etzel, being joined by Tommy Beers. Thanks, boys. Go the Aussies. George Porter. Yeah, if you need me, I'll be in front of the telly, boys. <laughs> that's right. We'll see you next week to wrap up this test in Preview Boxing Day. 